Welcome to Elevations, new perspectives on science, technology, education, and the arts. I'm your host, Amy Reynolds. We're talking today with Gordon H. Schufelt. He's a retired attorney and administrative law judge and author of The Uncommon Case of Daniel Brown, How a White Police Officer Was Convicted of Killing a Black Citizen, Baltimore, 1875, published by Kent State University Press. Welcome, Gordon. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So what is The Uncommon Case of Daniel Brown about? Well, uh, Daniel Brown was uh, clubbed and shot in his own home uh, by a policeman in 1875 in Baltimore. And uh, much to my surprise, when I came upon the case, the policeman was actually um, indicted and uh, put on trial and actually convicted of manslaughter and served, uh, unfortunately, very short time under not very difficult conditions. So justice wasn't really done. But the conviction in itself was extremely unusual. I looked uh, at as many cases I could find from the end of the Civil War until the early 20th century, and I couldn't find another case where a law enforcement officer killed a, uh, an African-American person and went on trial for it. How did you learn about the case of Daniel Brown? Well, I was actually working on, again, a book about uh, police station justices in uh, Baltimore and in Washington, D.C. in that period. So I was looking at uh, records of uh, crimes and, and uh, the notations in the paper about people who were brought in on arrests and such. And um, I came across that one and it just jumped off the page at me. Uh, when I, especially when I realized that not only there was a trial, there was a conviction. So I was actually working on something else about police behavior and uh, the work of um, police station justices in, in Baltimore at the time. What was involved in researching the book? A lot of digging because uh, Daniel Brown was an obscure person. The um, police officer uh, was an obscure person with a fairly common Irish name, so that it was difficult to trace him through. A lot of it was in newspapers. There's uh, some material about death records, marriage records, things like that in the uh, uh, Maryland archives and the Baltimore City archives. A lot of it was simply reading newspapers, as many newspaper articles as I could. The trial, in fact, was very thoroughly covered in the Baltimore Sun and the uh, Baltimore American at the time. And um, they didn't keep good trial records. I couldn't find any record of the trial in the Maryland State Archives. But the trials were reported. It was it was considered a very sensational trial at the time. So it was pretty thoroughly reported going through it witness by witness and question by question in most cases. Based on your research, why do you think this case was different than other killings of African-Americans at the time? Uh, there were a combination of things. Uh, the first thing that got it going was, and, and it's not real, it's really kind of different from the circumstances today. The killing occurred in, a, in Daniel Brown's home. And at the time there was a gathering of a social gathering. And most of the guests were servants in the homes of well, wealthy white people who lived nearby. And so when the coroner's inquest was held, the guests were those people who were trusted by influential white people. And when they reported the details of the killing and the circumstances showed that the killing was horrible, there were no weapons in the house. Uh, Brown had no criminal record. There wasn't anybody in the house who had a criminal record. There was no criminal activity going on. There was some singing going on. That was uh, the big offense, apparently, that the police officer was upset about. Uh, he charged into the house. He hit him with a club and, and shot him. And about a dozen people witnessed it. And most of them, as I said, were people who were trusted in the white community by influential white people. 
And that got the case over the really the most difficult hump, which was the coroner's jury. Uh, every other case I could find where a law enforcement officer killed a black person, it was either summarily dismissed as uh, self-defense or accident and without ever really looking into the facts. In this case, they looked into the facts and it went forward. There were, there were other factors, but uh, in fact, b- given the time and divisions within the white community at the time, a lot of white people didn't trust the police either. It wasn't just the black community that was upset with the police. The police had been used in, in elections as they were in most major cities in, at that period. And they had been used against different factions. And Baltimore was a very divided place during the Civil War. There were tens of thousands of people from Maryland who fought on each side. And as political fortunes shifted, police were used against different white factions, including a lot of influential white people who had felt the sting of police abuses. So the police were, were, there was some distrust of the police in the white community as well as in the black community. And that played a role. But in most cases, it didn't play enough of a role. If one case I looked at where it was in the alley outside a body house. Well, you know, whether white people distrusted the police or not, they didn't pay much attention to what black people said happened in that alley. So these factors had to come together for there to get through to a trial. Do you think the policeman would have been convicted if this had happened in another neighborhood in Baltimore? No, he would not have been convicted. I have came across cases where they went to ridiculous extremes to get the police off the hook in these kinds of cases. The one I I mentioned happened in the alley near a body house where there were two policemen. One policeman said, don't shoot. And the other policeman then shot twice while he was yelling racial epithets and uh, killed a woman and wounded uh, her husband. When the coroner's jury met, there was a black protest, so they moved it to another location to get away from the black protest, and they brought in someone who showed the jurors a pistol, which was not the same pistol as the policeman had, uh, and said how a pistol could go off accidentally, so they dismissed it as accident. The Baltimore Sun and the Baltimore American both said the case made no sense. Those were two prominent white edited newspapers, and they both said that the evidence meant nothing, but the policeman was let off. It was called an accident. When he shot twice, yelled racial epithets, the other policeman with him told him not to shoot. It was still an accident. I know we often look to history to help us understand the present. Do you see parallels in this case um, You know that, that might help us understand or, or be related to what we're seeing happening across the country right now? Yeah, one of the things that's shocking about uh, reading about this case is when they held a protest meeting after Daniel Brown was killed, the resolutions and the arguments that were put forward by African-Americans engaged in the protest meeting, you could have printed them as what was said at a Black Lives Matter rally. It sounded exactly the same. They said, this is not an isolated incident. Our community has been, been harassed. The police have been harassing our, our children, bringing false charges. We've been bullied by the police. And, that uh, you know, th- th- there weren't, in effect, we're not surprised that a horrible incident would finally happen. Uh, and it sounded very much like, uh, to me, very much like what Black Lives Matter protests sound like. So that's a, it's horrifying in a way to think that 1875 to the present, it's still looking the same way to a lot of African-Americans in this country. Thanks so much for joining us today and congratulations on such a powerful book. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really glad to have people uh, show some interest in Daniel Brown's case. 
We've been talking with Gordon Schufelt, author of The Uncommon Case of Daniel Brown, How a White Police Officer Was Convicted of Killing a Black Citizen, Baltimore, 1875. The book is available now from Kent State University Press. I'm Amy Reynolds, Dean of Kent State's College of Communication and Information. Join us every Saturday morning on 89.7 and hear this and past interviews at wksu.org slash elevations.